Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butt hurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> What do you say there, Marley mates? Welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where here we are, going strong in 2024. So here's to the new year and acknowledging that nothing really changes when the year itself does. Well, you know, here we are. The holidays are over. We're moving on to getting back to normal. And, you know, as I look back and reflect a little bit, I... I realized that this year for Christmas, we didn't really hear any any Christmas songs sung by Joe Exotic. And then it hit me. I realized it's because he hates carols. So, you know, there's that. But, you know, here we are. So welcome back to the program. We're going to talk about a special piece tonight. Why do I say that every piece is special? If, if I say they're all special, none of them are special, right? Yeah, this one is, though. And, and it is because I have to record this soon because it will be out of my possession here in about a day or two. As it turns out, I was asked to do a commission, and I am excited about this piece. I wasn't at first, and there's a story. So I'll tell you the story, and then I'll tell you about the piece itself. So... Someone very special to me asked, he said, uh, you know, I, I'd like to commission you to do a piece for me. I said, oh, all right. What do you have in mind? He said, I want you to do a, a Porsche 911 or a Porsche 911. I don't know. I don't know Porsches. Uh, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't really do stuff like that. Um not that I don't think it would be cool. It's just not really my thing. And I don't really do anything realistic. I don't I don't specialize in any sort of realism. And he's like, yeah, no, that's okay. I don't, I don't want you to do it like that. I'm like, okay. He said, I want you to do it in your style. So I said, ooh, say more. He's like, well, um, how about something Mad Max, zombie apocalypse, post-apocalyptic, something, something. And I'm like, Done. I said, okay, you bet. Uh, we're in it to win it at this point. So <laughs> I like that idea. I suddenly got excited about it because I just, 
I wanted to do it right. And I don't want to, I don't like to do anything that's half-assed. And I definitely don't want to uh, risk having something look, I don't know, just kind of sloppy or unexpected or just not meet the mark because it's not something that I'm comfortable with. And then as soon as you kind of put the ball back in my court, even though it's a subject that I typically wouldn't do, I, I can think of just a handful of things several, many, many years ago that I would do anything car related. And even that was just kind of like an afterthought. So, um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, send me some reference photos. So he did. And I looked at him and I'm like, OK, all right. OK, I got I got it. And so I found one that I really I felt like was pretty clear and printed it out so that I could study it a little bit and get an idea. And I've got a ton of canvas always at the ready. And so what I used was it was an actually it was a it was a thrift shop canvas that I found, but I just got it to basically reuse the the canvas kind of repurpose that because I didn't want to necessarily plan on upcycling it. It wasn't anything of any image. It was just some of these like real basic stock photos where they're just kind of blown up on canvas and, and nothing special. So I guess technically you would consider it like an upcycle thrift shop piece, but you can't see anything of the content below it because I've completely painted over the entire thing. There's absolutely nothing that that you could demonstrate, that is demonstrated of the original piece showing through where you could tell what it is. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's basically just a canvas in my eyes. And so the dimensions of that canvas are 16 by 31.5. And I actually finished this piece as I'm sitting here recording this yesterday. So I know that I've done that a time or two where I've gotten so excited about a piece that I've just recently finished that I will record or you know make a, a newer episode about. But this one in part is because it's no longer going to be in my possession after I, I turn it over. And then at the same time, uh, I am excited about it. So it's different from anything that you've seen on the show in terms of subject matter and content. The style should look fairly reminiscent to a lot of my other pieces because it is actually mixed media and you could even say collage because I added a couple of elements that were not just painted on so there's there's a couple of embellishments that way and um, yeah so like the style is definitely mine and I'll describe some of those components that make it so but yeah it's it's just uh it was a little bit different for me and so I was eager to bring you something somewhat fresh and new to the program. But the uh, I give you the dimensions. I gave you the date. I finished it on 4 January, just yesterday. And then the name of this piece, I titled it Porsche Liptic 911 or 911. I don't know. Does 911 doesn't sound right. Like I said, I don't know Porsches. Um, not something that I, I'm into, but uh, the guy that I did it for, totally digs it and uh well he hasn't seen it yet but he digs the the car itself he's very um aware of a variety of different types of of cars sports cars muscle cars and so i think uh i think this one will definitely tickle his fancy as the kids say 
1923. But why don't I actually get into describing the piece? All right, so I think maybe I will actually make somewhat of a resolution. Not an actual resolution. It's nothing I'm going to really change. Well, I guess sort of a little bit, but I think what I'm going to do is actually invest in some better equipment. I, I don't know what the hell is going on with my microphone. I, I'm sure that if you've come back episode after episode, you'll notice that the audio is kind of all over the place, and I've tried to figure out how to make it a little more consistent and a little more even-flowing uh, Pearl Jam style, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I'll i mess around with certain things, and like it seems like everything's going okay, and then other, other times it's just kind of the volume's low, the volume's high, it's distorted, it's loud. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But... If you can put up with it, so can I. Hopefully, at least uh, for not too much longer. But right now, I'm recording without the mic. I'm just using the built-in jammy and see how it sounds. But hopefully, it'll do. That'll do, pig. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's talk about this piece. So, uh, I told you I found the image that I really liked based on some of the reference photos that he sent me. And... So what I wanted to do, based on the size of the canvas, because it is somewhat of a like a less common shaped arrangement, I wanted to have kind of a centered looking layout. And to me, it was important to get that just right. So with the different dimensions and the, the way that the car is shaped, it's a very specific shape. Uh, what I did was I used a, an image projector tool that I have in order to cast the image of the vehicle onto the canvas so that I could get an idea of where I wanted the exact layout to be. And I was able to center it how I wanted it and get a rough shape of the basic outline of where and what the car was going to look like. And so with that, uh, I used a Sharpie, just kind of very... Um, I don't know, just a very basic outline of the of the shape of the car to get started was enough to set my imagination in motion. So I was able to get the layout, blocked it out, framed it to where I wanted it to be. Then I got to work. And it, this was one of the things where I started off with um, really going to town with just detail within the car itself, everything else around it was just kind of not really in the forefront of my mind. I did use a variety of different light, very light greens, a very pale green, some teals, some blues, and just kind of spread it out on the canvas to where I could use a, a palette knife and some other tools to just kind of spread it around and mix it around. I used a, my squeegee at uh, some point just to kind of just to kind of spread it and disperse the paint. I didn't want to have any specific type of background. I wanted the focus to be exclusively the automobile. And with that, I was able to add some some texture and dimension to the background, even though it's not an actual scene. And with that, in the underneath the car, like the bottom, I guess, quarter of the of the horizontal pieces, you're looking at it. I've got some darker areas with some some grays, 
and uh, some really more like a charcoal. Not I, would, I don't want to say black because it's not very prominent, but I used a variety of different colors and, and angles to kind of give it that choppy textured look. And so that was the foundation that I built everything around. I didn't want there to be too much of a distraction of the, the area around the vehicle. But yet, when I talk about it in more detail, you'll see how certain aspects will take your eye away from the vehicle and then focus on some of these areas. So in some respects, as far as how I started, I didn't want anything but the car to be the focus. But then you'll appreciate additional details that are beyond the scope of just the vehicle itself as you look at the, the piece as a whole. So let's just talk about the car first. So like I said, I started, I, I blocked it out, got the framework in, and then I started to just use a Sharpie and go to town by sketching and detailing everything. Like I'm, I'm looking at the reference images and I'm trying to translate that on the canvas. Sketch out the windshield, the doors, the, the mirrors, the wheels, the tires, the headlights, um, bumpers, everything, embellishments, all the the little things, the, there's a red racing stripe that was um, along some of the trim work across the front bumper, just below the hood. It translates all the way around the car onto the door. And I wanted to capture that because to me, like that was some of the characteristics of the vehicle. The hood is very specific. The headlights are very specific. It's got that almost Volkswagen-y, bubble-ish, beetle-looking thing going for it but it's a little more sleek it's a little more not as cartoony and it's very defined very distinct and so the Porsche logo is not in great detail on this rendering but I placed it on the hood where it would typically go and it implies that it is indeed a Porsche without actually saying that it's a Porsche and so before I wanted to do anything post-apocalyptic I wanted to have a, a general framework of what would have been just a car. And so that's what I did. I started with a car. And when I was content with the layout, the, the detailing, and just the overall image of the piece, I decided, well, now it's time to give it a paint job. So I painted the car in a gloss white. So originally, if you were to see this car in its glory, showroom quality, it's this high gloss very sleek, very shiny white paint job with a red racing stripe that kind of surrounded the horizontal edges of the vehicle, just below the hood, along the bumper, and along the, the side panels. And that was the car. And then from there on out, it was game on because now the fun got to begin. So it's a, it's a Mad Max style influence but it's not meant for battle. It's meant for, it's meant for running. It's meant for speed. And so it's not going to have all the crazy embellishments that you might expect out of some of the, the crazy vehicles that you see on those films. But I wanted to capture the essence of that. And so with it, right in the very front, I put uh, <laughs> a cow catcher is what I, uh, I believe it's called. But it's like right on the front bumper. So it's like, I assume this, this bumper is going to be all fiberglass, which doesn't stand a chance. So these cow catchers are basically just like two arms that kind of come up in between. And that's got a couple of bars across so that whatever it should hit in the front, I imagine it's 
somewhat either welded or attached to the frame underneath so that it protects that front end. On the headlights, the circular headlights, I've got some like caged mesh across the top so that it's it's got that metal framework to protect those as well. The windows are intact, but they're implied that they're intact. I mean, I say they're implied because they're very dirty. They are, there are a variety of different areas of, of glare and line work and colors and, and different things of that nature. The back window has a, a cage across it, has some, has some bars on the window. And then there's like a little, you wouldn't be able to tell that it's basically welded on, but in my mind as, as the creator, I added this little metal spider web looking thing in the driver's side window. So to me, I, I've seen that on some like different Hearst embellishments and things like that. And I just thought it would be kind of cool to put in there. Now, in terms of adding a little Mad Max love to it, yeah, it's kind of reinforced as I just described, but the Mad Max extra elements uh, on the passenger side, on the, the, the front end, there's this makeshift uh, <laughs> turret of sorts that has uh, a double barrel, all like nasty gray sheet metal, corroded and rusty, basically gun barrel on the on the front end there. And then as well as the, the tires, you can see, you know, 2.25 out of four tires, the two on the driver's side have little metal spikes that are sticking out of them, out of the rims. And so those are those are kind of cool. But then the back and the rear of the vehicle, there's got these two extended exhaust pipes that are up and raised almost above the even the, the very top of the car, kind of sticking out at about a about a 45. And both are just blasting flames out the ass end of the car. Just a couple of a big freaking exhaust fire flames coming out pretty crazy with some some reds and yellows and some some raw burgundies in there. So distressing this was a lot of fun. Before I could distress it, I had to have it the way it was meant to be. And then I could go back and I added stuff. So I took a nod from the the Zombieland franchise because they're uh, the character played by Woody Harrelson in Tallahassee always paints a number three on the on the doors of the vehicles that they happen to just uh, commandeer, and it's that's a nod to to Dale Earnhardt. And I'm not a NASCAR guy, I'm not a race fan, but I'll be damn sure to tell you that I'm absolutely a, a Dukes of Hazard guy, and so. Kind of as a nod to that film franchise, as a nod to the Dukes, I added on the door where you can see like the white behind the door, the original paint job. But then I added this, the classic zero one at, from the General Lee with some orange paint just kind of crudely on the door itself as kind of that. Well, here I've acquired this uh, this Porsche 911, but I'm going to church it up and make it somewhat like a little little ode to the General Lee from the greatest television vehicle of all time. And that's what I did. So I put that on there. A little creative license. Hopefully the 
the commish um, is still appreciated as as I took that, but I think it will be. And then from there on out, it looks like it's been through Warmback. Looks like it's been through hell. It's got a couple of sheet metal, like riveted panels that have been reinforced, like over the wheel well on the driver's side front end. Uh, down below the door in the fender, like also on the driver's side, there's like a little steel panel with some riveting. And then over the back, kind of the back end of the, also the driver's side, there's a, a section of replaced metal that's riveted on there. And all of those riveted panels are done so in silver and grays, but I've also used some extra like teal color schemes in there to give that element of patina where just like the, the metal on metal, the, the dissimilar metals have caused that corrosion. And it's just, I've added that also a little bit of oxidation around the the window frame of the windshield around the uh, rear view mirror, the passenger, the, how about I slow down and talk right? The side mirror of the driver's side has some on there as well. And then I put it strategically in some spots where you'd have like the added extra metal on there. So any, anywhere that there's embellished pieces that weren't necessarily factory installed part of the Porsche itself. All that aftermarket modification in the apocalypse. And I've got elements of rust everywhere. Like you can see that it was white. There's certain spots where it's dirty, but it's white. And then there's spots where it's just covered in rust. And then there's some spots where it's like extra heavily rusted along the, the bottom edges of the doors and, and along the frame. Around the top, there's just a lot of surface rust. And then some of my favorite aspects are just very subtle details that like you'll you'll notice them after a while. Or like they're right in front of your face, but then as I'm like describing everything, it doesn't seem like there's much to say. But the more you look at it, the more there is. I've got a series of bullet holes over the top of the driver's side uh, front wheel that extends onto the door. And then there's a few just on the back panel as well. There are a couple of cracks that were kind of reinforced and patched together. There's like a couple of little brackets on the front bumper just holding it on. But the coolest part to me is the mud splatter and the blood splatter because I used a very dark, very crimson type red so that it gives the impression that something was hit and the blood has now since dried. There's like, it's a very, there, some areas are very heavy where it's it's on there good and, good and thick and others, it's just a fine mist. And so it doesn't, read as gory and nasty in some aspects it, it's very clearly what looks like something was hit what was hit who knows uh was it a deer was it uh you know a, a family of five you know turned flesh eaters who knows you know it's all in good fun use your imagination come up with something crazy and it really i think to me adds a lot of literal miles on the car my printer is just deciding to kick on right now, so that's cute. Um, droids, man, you know what I'm saying? 
So if you hear that little extra sound effect there, it's not my R2 unit. You hear it? Come on, dude. I'm trying to record. Anyways, uh, that's the car. Like, that. that's it. I didn't really spend a whole lot of time on the wheels. They're just kind of muddy and dirty. And, you know, I, I talked about the rims on the spikes and stuff. The, the, the rims themselves are painted red. And you can see a little bit of, of black coming through. You can see a little bit of, like, kind of that original color showing through a little bit. But they're just kind of like bright red rims because that you would find that on a Porsche, of course, right? And then, I don't know, just uh, some traditional shading under the wheels to imply that it's it's just kind of resting in motion. But now, once the piece was done, is where it gets to be a little bit abstract. The piece being the, the focal point of the vehicle. I, of course, have a lot of heavy, thick, sharpie black line work on the car itself. A little exaggerated more than what an actual rendering would look like, obviously because it's done in my style. And I put a lot of emphasis on the utilization of Sharpies. But where I had a lot of fun with this was being able to expand the footprint of the piece. And I took a couple of different paint pens and I just went around the perimeter, starting from the edge of the front bumper to the, to the edge of the back bumper, but not underneath the vehicle, and just went around it and just kind of traced the perimeter just ever so slightly above the main line work with yellow. And then I, I gave it just a hair space and above that did so again in pink. And so it's got a couple of layers of, of just kind of a, a pattern of the silhouette of the car. And then above the pink, I went really heavy with a very thick Sharpie and went big guns and went super thick around it. And then in certain spots, that one actually more so encompasses the entire piece and then it comes down. Once it reaches the point where you've hit the edge of the bumpers, then it continues to just like drip. So you've got the the heavy line, black line work around the, the full scope of everything. And in certain spots where it's heavier, I've got drips coming down. And then at the very edges on either side of it, it's dripping almost all the way down exclusively. And I absolutely love that part. Like That's probably my favorite part of the whole piece. And of course, of course, I put dots everywhere. And so the dots to me kind of expand the i don't know the the essence of the piece the the life of the vehicle the the uh <laughs> reanimation of this piece i don't know it's just like it, it it's it shows motion it shows some sort of moisture texture just movement it's just kind of i don't know i just love the way that they they work together and so that's all around the vehicle and even in some of the spots under the tires where I had just kind of used Sharpie to, to symbolize a little bit of shading underneath, I even took that and dripped it down, which doesn't make any sense because it wouldn't that wouldn't happen with a shaded vehicle. So it very much does not follow the rules for anything. And that's the car. Like that's the focal aspect of the car itself. Now, some additional embellishments that I did. Uh, I mentioned before that I 
often have Marley mates will send me stuff that they think I could use in future pieces. And uh, I utilized something that was sent in a most recent package, a couple of labels. I'm not sure what they were intendedly, intended to be used for initially, but one says do not enter and it's got like, it's red with a kind of a stop sign shaped octagon with a handprint in it. And then another one that's just yellow with a triangle with a, uh, an exclamation point on it that says out of service. So what I did was with those, I put them up towards kind of that top on the left hand side of the piece as you're looking at it, uh, top half, uh, left, left half of the piece, overlapping the top edge where they're kind of, they're overlapping each other, but then they also kind of fold over the top. And I ripped the yellow one and overlapped that a little bit. And then I went over it with the thick black Sharpie, trimmed the edges of it, had those drip down a little bit so they look like old signs that are kind of worn and weathered. And on top of that, I also use a little bit of blue just to add some just, I don't know, a little bit of layers of crazy and muddy them up a little bit. And the best part was I took the same technique that I used for adding some sort of blood splatter to the to the front end of the vehicle, but I did it among these signs where in some spots it's very, very fine and it's almost like a mist splatter. And then other areas, it's really heavy and thick and it just drips down. But on the far corners of the left-hand side of the piece as you're looking at it, from the top and the bottom corners, I've got really heavy smeared crimson type color, whether you want to consider it to be blood, perhaps rust, like running rust, use your imagination, as well as some more of the splatter technique. I really, really love how that came together. It looks, to me, it looks really cool. And uh, on the, to balance that, on the right-hand side piece, as you're looking at it, I've got three lines that I was able to use masking tape, and I taped, like, some racing stripes, basically. So I, I masked off three different areas, but I very, very lightly used a few different colors where I just applied them directly to the canvas right out of the bottle. And then I use the same paintbrush for all three lines. You've got like a teal, a very lime green, and a very muted like red. And just brought them down. So they're very faded, they're very light. They kind of blend into the background a little bit. But once they dried and I removed the tape, I then went through with a fine, almost like a maroon colored Sharpie and just very randomly went over some certain spots on the edges of those lines so that they're a little bit crisp, but they don't quite line up. It's almost like it's shifted or I don't know, there's some kind of a, like a, it was misaligned or what have you, but it's not precise. It's not clean, but the line themselves, the lines themselves are crisp. Check it out. You'll see what I mean. And that's the piece. Like that's that's everything. And I worked on this for probably about a week, going back and forth, not sure if I was going to add more, if I needed to put some sort of scene in the background. I didn't really know if I needed to, if I should have. Um, 
definitely abstract. Definitely, I could see this in some type of a very specific type comic book, like almost a comic cover, perhaps, where it's it's part of a scene, but like the scene doesn't make any sense, or it's only it's like a partially, you know, abstract rendition of such and such. I don't know. Uh, but I could I could see it utilized in, in different areas. But you be the judge. You tell me what you think. I'd, I'd love to hear your feedback, and especially because it's something different for me. It's something new and something that I don't traditionally tend to work with. But I'm excited about it. And even if it doesn't necessarily hold up downrange, you know, I'm all about trying to get better and and improve and, and you know what have you. But I think it's a great starting point. And I think it's able for you know it was out of my comfort zone. It was something that made me kind of flex a little bit, but at the same time incorporate elements that I am comfortable with so that I was able to personalize it into something I enjoy doing and hopefully something that the the person that I created it for will will take pleasure in as well. So yeah, there you have it, the Porsche Elliptic 911 or 911, I'm not sure. So, um, you know, hopefully you can hear the person that's out in the hallway making, you know, loud noises with their mouth. Uh, not in the fun way, but just like talking loud because I have my printer over here. I got a person over there. Hey, you know what? That's apartment living, baby, and the show goes on. So it is no surprise that Marley Mates are indeed the greatest listeners in the galaxy. That's right. So whether you decide to support me by listening to the show week after week, tuning in to the Facebook Lives every now and then, or even following me on my social media pages of the Facebook and Instagram, that's greatly appreciated. But I've recently also started a merch shop. If you want to get your hands on some of the coolest Marley Ramones Mad Madhouse of the Dead podcast merch, head on over to Spreadshirt.com and find yours today. We've got logo stuff. We've got original artwork. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm always adding more. Also, I've recently started a Patreon page, and for just $5 a month, the cost of a mocha chocolate bullshit. You could have a membership to Marley Ramone's Mad Madhouse of the Dead podcast, where with every new subscription, I will send you a personalized video message and mention you by name in a future podcast episode. If you should wish to participate, go on over and check it out. If not, no worries. I love that you keep coming back for more anyways. So I will talk to you soon. Tune in next week. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.